Ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry, and it is game week. Brett feels like the off season lasted forever. The Jetfish off season is always a good time, and it leads into a season with the highest expectations I think for Arizona football in a long time. But yeah, like we made it. I'm sad to see another Jetfish off season end, but I'm very excited for football. Even if uh, I'm going to apologize in advance if my audio is bad, I am traveling this week, so we're. I just wanted to make sure all our listeners knew that, Adam. Yeah, no, it's not like your voice has changed that much or anything like that. But we appreciate your dedication. I feel like we would have skipped this week if not for the fact that it is game week, Arizona versus NAU, to kick off the season. We're going to get to the NAU game in a little bit. We're going to talk to Dave Zorn, who's the NAU Radio Halftime Show host. He's going to give us some insight into the Lumberjacks, and we're going to give you our thoughts on the game, our prediction, all that stuff. But, Brett, another season. Jed Fish is third with Arizona. He said year one was kind of like year zero because of the rebuild and all that stuff. They won a game. Last season, transfer portal was big for them, especially offensively. They win five games. Expectations are a little bit higher going into year three. You know, I, I feel like most people say you give a head coach about you know three, four years before they can really be judged in terms of their ability to build or rebuild a program. Well, here we are. It's year three, so the pressure's on, right? I mean, you... It is, I think he has, Jed Fish has earned a lot of goodwill, far more than I think we would have anticipated from the last time uh, Arizona was playing NAU in a football game, um, you know, three years ago. Uh, but, I, you know, it's it's a it's an interesting schedule because it's not necessarily unfavorable. It's not necessarily favorable. The talent level has, level has definitely been upgraded. So I think that with that comes some expectations of positivity. But I think also Arizona fans are, are realists of what, you know, defines good and improvement this year. Um, and, you know, as much as I'd love to go to the Rose Bowl in the, the last year of it in the Pac-12, uh, I think we all know that's unlikely to happen. Well, you know what's going to happen is Arizona's going to win a national championship, miss the Rose Bowl because it's a playoff game. They'll be in the other one. And all the ASU fans will still be like, you've never been to a Rose Bowl. Never happened. It's like... And, if that happens, we'll say, all right, we've been to our second New Year's Six Bowl, and you've been to zero. <laughs> but no, I, I think you're right about that. Like, if you look at AC Desert Swarm, who, of course, I write for, we did our season predictions, and every one of us, all the writers, have them between six and six and seven and five. And I think we're all going to say, hey, that's a successful season, right? It's a bowl game for the first time since 2017. That's the expectation. It's not like we're saying they're going to be great. They're going to compete for the division title. They're going to compete for a Rose Bowl berth or whatever, playoff berth, whatever it's going to be. It's just like they'll be better. They'll take another step forward from what we saw last season. And I feel like that's fair. I feel like it's fair to expect that given what they're bringing back offensively, right? There's no reason to think the offense should be any worse than it was last season. The only one you're really missing, you lose is Dorian Singer, but they have, like we talked about in our depth chart preview, receiver is not an issue for Arizona. And they lose a couple offensive linemen. They're, they look pretty good along the offensive line. So the offense should be better. The defense is where the big question is. It was last season. It is still this season. It's young. It has a lot of new faces. 
if they can be just slightly better, Arizona should be a good team that can win six games, seven games, even against the schedule that you said, Brett. It's not unfavorable. It's not favorable. It's just kind of like a, you know, if you're a middle-of-the-road conference team, you should be okay. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, and I don't say this to make excuses or besmirch the other school, but if Arizona had ASU's schedule, I think they'd be winning eight games. With eight home games, a relatively lighter slate, you know, Arizona's only got six road game or six home games to go with six road games mm-hmm. um you know on the and one of those you know non-conference games at mississippi state it's not going to be an easy one going on the road to sec you know you get some of the tough ma- well i mean we can go into it but you know you get some of the tough matchups at home you get some of the the winnable ones on the road so which like, maybe you like that because like if you are better than colorado if you are better than stanford you can win that game on the road right you'd rather have that game on yeah. the road and then have a better chance to steal one from a washington from a you know, Oregon State from a Utah UCLA at home. I think it's a question of do you want to have a higher ceiling or a higher floor, right? Yeah. If you had all of your, I'll take the, the floor. The, well, <laughs> yeah. then I, then I think you'd want the inverse. I think you'd want the real all the winnable games at home, and you guarantee go, the you wins, know, the, the wins, the ones exactly. you'll have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but that's you know, you play the schedule that's in front of you, and you know, every every year. You know, people try to analyze the schedule when it comes out. And honestly, we don't know who's good or who's bad really yet. We have a good sense, I think. Like we talked with McAleese of the tiers in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. But even in like that five through eight tier, I think is where maybe the most variability is. Um, and that's not even going into, you know, Colorado as a high variable outcome team. ASU could be that, you know, they could have a bad season and still be good for pulling a huge upset with. Well, you know, Arizona's going to be their bowl game now too, right? Like that's yeah. going to be. Their and last it, game of the season, no matter what. There, it's it's going to be a hard thing to try to course the the uh, emotions of that team as it goes through the season because they're probably going to come out really spitting mad in the first game. But then how long? You know how long? And those are fade? those are later season <laughs> games, right? Like even last season with Arizona, they got to a pretty decent start. Had that stretch in the middle of the season where they were playing all these really good teams, all these top twenty-five teams. You know they were competitive against Washington, right? Like that was a close enough game. They, I still think a. Bad call late in the fourth quarter. Arizona has a chance to win that game. USC, mm-hmm. they battled in that game at home. USC was a better team. USC was better last season. USC is probably better this season. But Arizona was close enough in that game to make, okay, that was entertaining. That was fun. And, of course, they went to the Rose Bowl and beat UCLA. So, you know, I, I look at this and, like, I'm with, I don't, it's not like a bowl game or Jet Fish is on the hot seat type of season. It's not that. Like, Judd Fish has earned a lot of goodwill. He's done so much good for the program, and it does seem like they're heading in the right direction. But where this season is big to me, Brett, and leading with this here, is that, like, the momentum that you have, it only goes so far until you start winning games, like winning a lot of games. You know, the things that team, like, players want, recruits, they want a chance to play, they want a chance to win, and they want an opportunity to go to the NFL. Arizona's going to get guys drafted next season. Like, they, they have NFL talent now. They had playing time to offer when Fish took over these first few seasons. You know, you could come in and start as a freshman if you're good enough, and it got some guys doing it this season too. But you have to win then, that third, that third pillar that you'd like to have. And it's easy to sell the vision early, hey, we're going to get there. You know, give us time, get up, we're going to get our guys in, and we're going to start winning. We're going to start going to bowl games and compete for playoff or whatever. Well, at some point you have to do it. 
At some point, you have to show that you can win games. That it's not an idea. It's not a sales pitch. It's the reality. And I think that's where year three is kind of big for Fish because they took such a big leap last season where maybe it skewed the timeline just a little bit. But that's also college football in this like in this era, right? You can get better more quickly. And now it's up to Arizona to take that next step from, you know, they went from terrible to respectable and now from respectable to good. It's a harder step to take and to make. But that expectation, I think, is there and I think it's valid. Well, at the end of the day, it's a results-based industry, right? <laughs> and, yes. you know, moral victories mean nothing. And, and now that, you know, you're knocking on the door of bowl eligibility, uh, that's going to become the new expectation. And if you're not getting that, uh, you know, especially with the recruiting success, you know, Jed Fish and, and, and crew can become a victim of their own off-season success if they don't meet expectations. See what may happen to Deion Sanders this year after they maybe don't <laughs> come out of the gates at, at a full sprint. Um, and, you know, the narrative can shift real bad, but also that can, you know, you can build on that positivity. And I think the way that Fish and team have built out their roster, like we talked about in the depth chart from the inside out, the lines out, you know, it probably means they're set up for success with a decent amount of depth. Um, you know, so I, I don't think it's an unreasonable thing to have moderately you know, Arizona high expectations. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Six wins, seven wins, maybe a ceiling of eight. You know, it's, it's, I feel like I've been, right now, so we had Justin Macleese on too, kind of talking about the numbers. Arizona, there's only a few games on the schedule where you're like, you look at and say, they are going to lose that game, right? Like, I have zero expectation they'll win at USC. You know, I don't really have an expectation that they'll beat Utah at home, even though, I mean, a couple of years ago, they competed with Utah. I think they were like up at the half or something with them. Home against Washington, that's going to be a tough game, but they battled the Huskies last season in Washington. Washington doesn't travel to the desert well. We know that. They lost to a bad ASU team last year. It's like, it's not a toss-up, but it's not unwinnable. Otherwise, like, I feel like Arizona has three guaranteed wins on this schedule. NAU, UTEP, and Stanford. Like, I have a hard time seeing them going to Stanford and losing. I, or losing to NAU, and we'll get to the Lumberjacks game in a minute. We actually have to preview it because, you know, what happened two years ago. But that's three wins right there. If you give them that, they're halfway to bowl eligibility. So it's, can you win three other games? And there's enough toss-up games. And maybe it's not a 50-50. Maybe it's a 45-55, 40-60. But that means you're within a possession. You have a chance. You know, you make one play. You get one turnover. You get that one stop or a punt or something, and you can steal that game. Right? They weren't better than UCLA last season, but they just played well. They were within striking distance or the lead the entire time. They got the late score, and they salvaged one more stop, you know, and won the game. Like, it's going to have a few games like that. And if they can steal one or two of them, they're going bowling. Yeah, I don't know if you want to go through. I know you already have published on AZ Desert Swarm your your prediction of the outcomes. And I don't love it. I think I like the record, the overall number. I'm not sure if I like the games that I have them getting there. Because it's a lot of those games where it's like, well, maybe I could see a win here. I could see a, I don't know. I just need to find a way to get to seven and five. Yeah, so you, you have wins at NAU, UTEP, Stanford, Washington State on the road. Oregon State is probably the most interesting one at home at Colorado and at ASU. Yeah, right? I have them losing to UCLA for no reason at all because I know they can beat UCLA. Just like I know Oregon State's good and can come to Tucson and win. Like Those are in those, like, like I say, like 50-50, 40-60 where it's like it's not a pick em, but it's certainly winnable. Just like it's also losable. <laughs> so, you know, I could go either way. Yeah, I... You know, I think if you look at the schedule, I, I don't disagree with most of those. I think I would have probably picked the win UCLA and lose Oregon State. But That's also, totally fair. But then also with the caveat of like last year, which I was proven correct, where they were going to win one that they shouldn't have won. And that was the UCLA game and lose one they shouldn't have lost. 
That was the Cal game. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's, you know, I think the most likely is swap out Oregon State and UCLA in your prediction, which I think aligns with uh, Michael Lev and Brian Peterson. You know, Smart football. guys. No, and that's, um, but that's the beauty of the schedule. I think we all, I don't know, would Lev have him at, what did Lev have him at overall? I think he had him at 7-5 as right, well. Right, so it's like how they get there, I mean, it's not irrelevant, well, obviously, th- but it's just, there's a lot of, who knows, with some of these games. I, th- I mean, I think there's a couple of just inflection point games, right? And, like, the ones where maybe it's, you know, in that 45 to 55 range, like, you know, it, or, or or even a little bit more out of reach, like Mississippi State is going to tell us a lot on the road in week two, right? I think so. You know, if they win that game, seven and five is now the expectation, I would say. Well, even if they you know, lose, but they are in it, they compete, their size, their speed, their athleticism matches up with Mississippi State, it'll make you feel pretty good about the chances the rest of the way. Yeah, and I it's and they're gonna you know they still have uh, what's their name the quarterback that's you know had a great career but different you know Mike Leach is no longer there. Was it Rogers? Yeah, Will uh, Will Rogers. Um, I saw on like the Athletic he has like the third highest quarterback in their new rating system of experience and some nonsense on the Athletic, but it was kind of an interesting read. Cool. Um, <laughs> great. But, uh, but no, I mean, that's going to be a really good test because yeah. you know, Arizona's bigger along the lines. And guess what? They're still probably not going to be as big as an SEC team. Right. Which right? is why I'm not expecting them to win that game. But I mean, you say like inflection points, not a, if they win it, they're going to be really good. And if they lose it, they're going to be bad. But I think it is a, it's going to tell you something about Arizona and it's early. It's yeah, week if, two. Like they can grow, they can get better throughout the course of the season. But the things that we think they've improved upon, we'll have a chance to see if it's actually happened in week two against a team that will match them physically if not better them physically like nau is not that team but mississippi state is very much is and it's a perfect one of like you said if you can if justin flo can hit will rogers and force a turnover or two and maybe that's one you could steal right um i also look at you know ucla at home i actually think utah at home I'm a little more nervous about the matchup with Washington because I think Penix is just going to tear apart our secondary, um, you know. But who knows? They they tend to come and you know have a take a dump on the field that, in Arizona I mean. when they travel. You can make a case for all but maybe two games. I'll say even two and a half, which doesn't make any sense. But I think you know where I'm going. That Arizona can win. Like you can look at it and say, there's a reason they can beat you. Say, hey, maybe they can beat Utah. You know, Oregon State. Sure, I could see that at Washington State. Washington at home. Like, it doesn't take that much of a stretch to say they could win every one of those games. Now, they're not going to go undefeated this season. They're not going to lose only two games. I know that. But I'm just saying you don't have to stretch too hard to find a way to make. If Arizona's as good as we think they are, right, if they're as improved, mm-hmm. that's the caveat. If the defense is just as bad as it was last season, then it doesn't really matter how much the offense improves. They're not going to win some of those games because they have to be able to get stops. They have to get make plays on the defensive side of the ball. But if they did take a step forward defensively, then you can make an easy case at this point in the season, you know, with Arizona being healthy and not having seen everyone else, that they could win some of those games, if not all of them. Yeah, I think, I mean, to put it this way, I think Arizona's roster is in such a place where the expectations are a four-win season would be considered a disaster. A five-win season repeat would be considered a, a, a pretty strong disappointment. And as I long as you beat seven, ASU to finish it, I guess people will probably be accepting but yeah but i think i think six and six is the expectation i think eight wins is like the best case realistic scenario where you have a lot of things go your way unless it's you know a magical season you somehow get to nine pull a couple games out right Mm -hmm. um 
you know, I, I think, I think your seven five is right. I think you're right where it's, you know, how do you get there? It's almost assuredly going to be a way that we don't expect, you know, it's the last season of the pac 12. Let's Lord. They're going to beat USC. Go. They're going to beat Washington. They're going to lose <laughs> at Stanford. They're going to beat lose, Utah. Lose, they're going to lose at Colorado. Lose, at Washington yeah, they'll, State. Beat, they'll, they'll beat USC in, in LA and then lose. They're going to lose to NAU and then run off the next, like, you know, 11, <laughs> just because. Yeah, and like you know, the ASU game at the end of the season is always a toss-up. I mean, who knows? Like, we don't know what these teams are going to look like by then. Well, and, and ASU, you don't, you know, there's a there's a lot of ways with their you know self-imposed bowl ban. You know, are they have they given up on the season by the end, or are they mo- extra motivated with it being yeah. a bowl game? You know, I could I could talk myself into either one of those. We'll see how it plays out. I think Arizona might match up better with Utah than they do with Washington if the O line is as good as we think and hope Arizona's O line is, where they can maybe. You know, control the clock. I mean, a they got bit. bullied and, by Utah last season. Grand, it was like bad weather and all that stuff. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, I mean, they 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 ran the old fumble ruski play <laughs> a few times, as I recall. Um, you know, it's it, it, and also the the real the you know <laughs> the most obvious wild card here. Everybody talks about the defense. I think if you can minimize Jaden Delora's mistakes without taking away too much of what makes him great. I think eight wins is realistic. I think right? that happens when the defense plays well enough where he doesn't have to play hero ball, where they're not scrambling well, around, where he's not having to make a play because Arizona's behind. Well, that's what we talked about, right? Yeah. It's complementary football, right? If you don't put him in a bad position, he's not playing from behind, you're able to use the O-line and use and the, the running, running game, game to set up the yeah. pass. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, then, you know, it's... <laughs> You know, it all starts to fit together and build upon itself rather than, you know, also in football, if one position group is a complete disaster and can be exploited, uh, you're, it's hard to win games, right? Yeah. It just take, it, it's, it's why the, it's why you need depth. It's why you need to have the, you know, talent at all positions. You can't just have, you know, a great quarterback behind a bad O-line isn't going to be a bad quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just the nature of it. So, you know, you, I, I think you're, I think your seven and five is right. I think I think what I would I would swap out those those games like I said, but you know who knows. I think we're going to know a lot after the Mississippi State game, and I think we're going to know a lot after that uh, that Washington game, and maybe even at Stanford to see if this team is actually good enough to put away a bad team on the road. Right? Yeah, and that's going to be an interesting. Like I I think I have them winning like uh, well three road games at Stanford, at Washington State, at Colorado. <laughs> it's not and, easy to, and, and at ASU at ASU 4 well yeah I mean I, I, whatever you know <laughs> like that's that's a lot of road games to win like I look at that I'm like what am I doing <laughs> like I need to give them one more home game and one fewer road game or something but that's the schedule so yeah we'll learn a lot about it, them in those games but Brett their first game is against the NAU Lumberjacks who come into this on a one game winning streak over Arizona to get a better feel for Arizona's week one opponent we're going to talk to Dave Zorn who is the NEU Radio Halftime Show host. We'll do that after the break. We're back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0, and we are glad to be joined by Dave Zorn, who is the NAU Radio Halftime host, to help us preview what is probably the dumbest revenge game in Arizona Wildcats history. But, Dave, welcome to Wildcat Radio 2.0. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Uh, you and Brett, uh, appreciate being here. I just got out of practice, so everything's fresh in my head, which is good. The older you get, the more you lose memory of things, so. Well, uh, we'll, we'll get, you, get you figured out here. 
I know there's a lot of Arizona fans who would love to lose the memory of the last time these two teams played. It was 21-19, NAU beat Arizona in 2021. And, you know, Arizona, I think I saw, has maybe 11 guys on the roster who played in that game. So it's an entirely different Arizona Wildcats football team. For NAU, though, obviously it was a big win two years ago. How much did that mean then, and how, many, how much of that carried over into you know two years later going into this game, do you think? You said you had those many guys left in U of A. I think it's less for, for NAU. I know uh, I'm anticipating that Drayson Hall's going to start running back. He He's a holdover. He played a couple years ago. Um, tough little running back from out of Higley. Uh, he's only a junior, and we think that he's going to be 30 years old by the time he's a senior because he went on more than mission. <laughs> And then he got an extra COVID year. So it's, it's funny on how that he's, he seems like he's been here for 10 years almost. Um, but uh, yeah, we, and he's got even less guys from that team that's here. So I don't know if there's a lot of carryover because a lot of guys just weren't here. Um, one thing that has, that has changed for sure on NAU is the, the transfer portal for, for at least for NAU has been a wonder. I mean, they've, they've gotten bigger, faster, stronger, deeper for sure. Um, this is probably the most athletic team that I've seen since I've been back up here. And I'm up here. It's been nine years now. Um, and uh, it's de- definitely the most the most athletic and deepest team that they've had. There are some guys that started on the offensive line here last year that aren't making the trip because they just got beat out, um, which is a good thing. Um, this is this is a thing. I think expectations coming in this year is there's not a lot expected out of any of you from a, from a conference standpoint, but they expect a lot out of themselves. Um, this has been a great training camp. They only had a couple minor injuries during during camp. There's they're coming in as healthy as can be in the Tucson, and and they've got a ton of guys on scholarship. Um, like I said, bigger, faster, stronger. So this is actually going to be a lot better NEU team than the one that beat U of A two years ago. So Dave, you know, you, you talked about the transfer portal, and you know, just coming from practice and seeing seeing what, what's on the field there, uh, you know. I guess, do you have a sense of who's going to be starting at quarterback for NAU? And I, you know, I think we have a sense of who it may be. And speaking of transfers and kids from Higley, uh, can you give us a little background on, on the quarterback spot? Yeah. It's funny because coach ball is not, not saying officially, but if it's not Kai Milner, I'd be stunned because he ran with the ones pretty much all practice today. Um, He's a Cal transfer. Uh, He played his ball like half the team here from Higley high school. Um, 6'2", 215. He has experience playing in the Pac-12. He had a, I know in cleanup time, he had a, a good outing against Oregon last year. Um, he's a smart quarterback, and he's athletic, too. Um, he w- During uh, early camp scrimmages, he stood out. Uh, There's no doubt he was the better quarterback. Um, so I'm not surprised, even though, again, they're not naming the starter. I would be stunned if it was anybody else other than Kai Milner. Um, you'll see Angel Flores, probably. He's the kid from Castle Grand. Um, I would think that he's probably the number two. Um, Britt, the, the uh, Montana transfer, um, hasn't really played this camp, and I'm not really sure what's with him. Um, he's an athletic kid, too. And then uh, the kid from um, uh, American Leadership Academy, Gilbert, um, Adam DeMonte, who had a great year last year in the preps, um, he's probably going to redshirt. Uh, if, if it gets to him, we're in trouble with quarterback, but um, they would like to redshirt him. Um, but he's probably three on the depth chart going into this game. It's crazy how different these two teams are compared to the last time they played. I know for Arizona players, like you said, there's not a lot of guys from NAU who played in the game two years ago. For Arizona, the guys who are new, a lot of them said 
they still have to wear it. You know, this was still Arizona football that lost this game two years ago. So it means something to them. And obviously, it's week one. It means something to everyone. But for NAU going into this game, what does this mean? Especially, you know, maybe without those high expectations that people have outside for them, but they go in with those high expectations for themselves and the confidence knowing that as a program, they can go into Tucson and come out with a win. I think a win this year would be more productive for NAU than it was two years ago because that team uh, two years ago wasn't the best NAU team on the planet. I, I think it stunned everybody that NAU went in there and won. This isn't making our listeners feel better, by the way. I know. I, I apologize. <laughs> because I, I, I'm, I'm they went on, I think they went four and eight that year. It, it just, it was a cavalcade of issues uh, on a lot of different positions. So when they won down there, was, it, that was ridiculous. Agreed. Um, this year, um, it would, it would make, I, I don't know if I, if I'm stating this right, but it would, make, it would make more sense if they won this year than it did two years ago because they're just a better team. And uh, with them being being picked, you know, I think it's like seventh or eighth in the Big Sky this year. I had them actually sixth. Um, it, I think that that kind of stuck something in their crowd and and you know hit the weights harder and hit everything harder. This is the most together. I think there's over a hundred kids in this program right now. This is the most together I've seen them since I've been up here. I mean, it is coach ball with this team has truly um, made a family with this program and. Uh, um, Again, the depth is huge, and everything everything's pointing in the right direction. The bad thing is, Big Sky is a really good FCS conference. It's, I, it's probably the second best next to the Missouri Valley, and they're probably your better teams. Montana State, Weber, Montana, or three that come to mind. Sac State. It's got a great defense. So if there's better teams above them. They could finish fifth in this conference and actually feel that they've had a great year. It's that deep of a conference in the FCS. So. Uh, I know they're going to be. They're going to show up. They're going to be ready to play. Um, they're going to try to, you know, put the helmet on U of A right off the bat, and uh, just see what happens. I mean, that's kind of you, know, you go down there for the paycheck, uh, but you know now they got that taste of winning a couple years ago. They know they can. The program can do it again, and they know they're better this year than they were about two years ago. You know, if I didn't know who I was talking to, and we didn't know who we were talking about. It sounded a lot like you were talking about Arizona too that they're the most deep they've been, the most talented they've been, the most athletic they've been. The transfer portal's been huge for them. Obviously, they're a better Arizona team than we saw two years ago as well. So. And also, like they're a better team, but the schedule, the conference is tough. If they were to finish fifth, it might still be a pretty good year for them, you know, how it plays out. I guess, what type of team do you expect NAU to be? Because I know the team, like you said, it wasn't a great Lumberjacks a couple of years ago. What their style of play was, I couldn't even tell you like what their strength was. But what do you expect their strength to be in this game? Because obviously we don't know a lot about even what Arizona's going to be defensively anyway, but we know they can score points. We know they can move the ball up and down the field. So what is going to be NAU's strength in your estimation? Oof. Um, speed. Uh, I, I think they're faster everywhere. Um, I, from... They've got two. They got. Um, they're going to mix in three running backs. I only mentioned Grayson Hall, but they got two transfers at running back. Devin Starling's a transfer from Tennessee State, uh, and uh, another one, uh, T.J. McDaniel, who's a transfer from SMU. Th- th- those guys are speedy and powerful. Grayson, again, short to the ground. He's like five five, uh, but he's like a bowling ball. I mean, he'll he'll hit a guy and, and keep going. They'll they'll run the step to pass, and then that's where Milner, who can get out on the run too he'll try to spread the field and find his guys. And there's a plethora of receivers from NAU that can catch the ball. So um, I know, I think two years ago, they tried, NAU tried to be fast offensively, like fast to the ball. Everything's fast, fast, fast. And they just, they were kind of in quicksand half the time. This year, with a better offensive line, better skill position players, 
they could be fast if they want to, but I think they're they're going to try to probably want to nickel and dime most teams, especially a, a team like Arizona, where they're probably going to be faster. So they want to find the holes and try to get the ball down the field. As far as defense it goes, they got a brand new defensive coordinator as of three weeks ago. Um, their defensive coordinator left because of family issues in Tennessee. So he took a job at Tennessee Martin, which, by the way, plays Georgia week one. Um, so they had to bring in a DC, a new D.C., which was the linebackers coach at BYU, who worked with Coach Ball in Memphis. So there was already a, a connection there. They're going to be uh, opportunistic. They're going to be fast in the football. But I have a feeling if, if, if you know, Arizona's given time to throw, that'll probably be pretty successful for them. I, I expect this to be a normal ASU or U of A, excuse me, almost slipped. U of A NAU game, which we've seen in the past. I, I don't think it's going to be what we saw two years ago, but it could be. I mean, that's just weird about these games when both programs have done such turnover. You just don't know what to expect. I mean, I think the hope for Lumberjacks is they stick with U of A into the fourth quarter, and maybe U of A pulls out a win, and maybe you're within 14 to 20 points somewhere in there. But it also could be, you know, 30 to 40 point win for U of A. Or NAU could somehow figure it out and win two in a row. I don't I, that's probably the lesser of them, but I like to think that in that 14 to 21 point range, that's probably going to be, would be a good hope for, for any of you. You know, I, I, I think on both sides of the ball, there's only one, uh, <laughs> one side that I think we, I feel like we understand is materially better and proven and that's Arizona's offense. This is not the offense that two years ago was, you know, should have, you know, been able to use their size and speed difference to, you know, win that game without throwing a pass uh, and ideally not throwing it to the NAU defender from Arizona's perspective. <laughs> um, you know, Arizona's offense is pretty well proven. They still got some young talent, you know, an improving offensive line, et cetera. How do you anticipate the Lumberjacks trying to, you know, attack or or manage, uh, you know, slowing down this Arizona offense? Well, they're going to have to find a way to put pressure on the quarterback. I mean, uh, I think this is the deepest defensive line NAU's had in a while. They can go – they're probably two teams deep with talent. Like if, if someone gets injured, they can plug a guy right in and you could probably start in a lot of other places uh, in the FCS. So um, I can't mention – I can't say it enough that NAU's deep. Um, that's good. And they're probably going to rotate players anyway because of the heat and that kind of thing. But – um, as long as they keep pressure on on the quarterback and, and get penetration past Arizona's offensive line, and then kind of float guys around and, and try to uh, anticipate passes and, and maybe capitalize on mistake, that's probably the game plan going in. Is but they've got to get pressure. Uh, whether they can do that or not remains to be seen. But like like I said, up and down. This is the best uh, any use been talent wise in a while. So does it match up to a Pac-12 team or whatever we're going to call them now? Um, I don't know. Uh, again, it's a different it's a different atmosphere too because you know back in the back you know 10 20 years ago, an FCS team beating an FBS team would be is dumbfounded. It's something that had to have gone wrong. Now you're seeing it you've seen that five at least five or six times every year. So the FCS programs are getting closer to some of the FBS teams. So it's not quite a chance of a blowout. But again, I mean, and he's going to have to disrupt U of A's offense in order to just stick around. Today we're joined by NAU Radio Halftime host Dave Zorn here. You kind of already talked about it, but we like to ask our guests, you know, if the team is going to win, like, this is what's going to happen. So, like, if there's one thing you can pick out and say, okay, NAU is going to shock the world again, go down to Tucson and beat this Arizona team, what has to happen? Like, or what they, what can't they win without happening, even? I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you two things. Um, 
one that they didn't do well at all last year was finished games. They had a couple teams on the hook. They had Montana on the ropes. They had uh, – what was the other team? It was Montana. Ah, I can't remember the other one. But they had them on the ropes, and they let them off the hook. That happened like three or four times. If they happened to get Arizona on the ropes, they got to finish them out. And they worked all offseason on different ways of closing games. That's one. Two, um, be pre- uh, they got to they got to capitalize on turnovers. If if you if you hangs on the ball, this is not going to be a game. But if any of you creates turnovers, as soon as they get that turnover, they're going to have to capitalize and, and and make points out of those things. So I know it's cliche, but capitalizing on turnovers would be is got to be huge for any of you. All right. So with that, then you kind of gave an idea. We always ask our guests for a bit of a prediction. I don't know. Being the radio host, are you allowed to give a prediction? No, for you guys, I will. All right. Well, what do you, what do you see? Like, now that sports betting is a thing, I don't bet on any for anything. <laughs> and it's usually the cover, that kind of stuff. But, no, I, I don't go that route. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the, the feel-good pick, especially coming out of practice today. I, I think U of A wins, but I think it's going to be relatively close. But I think U of A pulls away in, in the fourth quarter. Um, I'll go uh, 40, 42-31. That's the first thing that comes to my head. Maybe 49-31, somewhere in that range. But, again, it could be a lot worse. But, like, a, a competitive slash comfortable win for Arizona is what it sounds like. I, would, I, I think both sides probably would be pretty happy with that. I know NAU fans would. All right. Well, Dave Zorn, NAU Radio Halftime Host. You can find him on X. I still – that's so weird to say, at Dave Zorn 72. Um, we appreciate the time and the insight here because, like I said, I mean, it's, it's kind of a bigger game than it should be for Arizona going into this one for all the silly reasons, but NAU earned the win two years ago. So now it's up to Arizona to show how much further they have come as a program and beating a team that they are expected to beat Saturday night in Tucson. So yep, it, it's, it's going to be fun. I know there's going to be a, a large contingent of lumberjack fans down there. Uh, from what I understand, uh, I'm not making a trip. I, I'm going to stay up here, but um, I think it's going to be a fun atmosphere. And I know, I know the Ubers of Arizona makes it a fun atmosphere for, for games. So it's going to be fun. And finally we're back talking about football games. All right, so that's Dave Zorn. Thank you very much for your time. And when we come back, we'll give you our final thoughts on Arizona-NAU, the rematch. We're back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.1. Thanks again to Dave Zorn for sharing that insight on NAU. Because, Brett, I know like we like to try to get guests who can preview the opponent because we don't know these every team that Arizona's playing, not as well as people who cover them do. I don't think we normally go with NAU, except for the fact that NAU did go into Tucson and beat the Wildcats a couple of years ago. I I, what I found funny in talking to Dave is like, if you didn't know who he was talking about, it sounded like he was referring to Arizona with so much of the turnover that they've had, like just different rosters, upgrade in talent, more depth, just a better football team than they were two years ago. I'm like, yeah, that, that, that's Arizona too. I think Arizona's going to cruise in this game. I don't think it's going to be that close, but it's still an interesting matchup because of what we know can happen. Like no longer can we say it can't happen. Like it can, but I just don't think it will. Yeah, I, I believe him that NAU is much better than they were two years ago, but I mm-hmm. think that Arizona is even more leaps and bounds better than they were two years like ago. Like Arizona's ceiling is higher and in so being like, better, yeah. I think that they're going to beat them more handily than he was predicting. Even I'm, I'm with you, and like people are going to be like, oh, well, that's what you should do, but we, you know, again, nobody really knows how how good some of these teams are until they you know start playing teams that aren't themselves in practice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to think that they're going to come out motivated. I think the coaching staff is going to be motivated. I think they're going to want to 
They're going to want to rotate some guys in and get some guys some live snaps, and that means they want to put the foot on the gas for a long, uh, you know, good and hard for a while uh, to try to get some opportunities for young guys and to avoid injuries for some others. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't see any way where Arizona doesn't, like, win this game fairly comfortably, even though I do think NAU is a much better team than they were two years ago. Yeah. And I think the important thing is like when people say like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. Well, that's what you're supposed to do if you are a good team, right? <laughs> if you are not a terrible team, like Power 5 school program, then you are supposed to do that to a team like NAU. So should Arizona do that? I mean, you don't discount it if they come out and win by 40 you know, or 50 or if they drop 70 on them. Like whatever it is, you don't discount it, especially if it happens in a way that's like the people that are supposed to be good for Arizona are. Like the offense is every bit as explosive they can run the ball the Arizona line's opening up holes against what should be an overmatched defense but I think what most people are looking at is how does Arizona's defense fare right are they getting into the backfield and getting pressure are they getting sacks are they creating turnovers are they creating runs for negative yards plays like are they looking like a physically dominant defense because that's where their athletes should reign supreme right like Justin Flo Himaly like Bill Norton you know Manoa all these guys that they brought in to fix this defense, you'd expect them to dominate the people in front of them and make plays. They didn't do that a couple of years ago. I mean, I know like Modiel got ejected in the first half. I think Jackson Turner missed the second half too. Like that didn't help things. But you should be able to win without those two guys. That's the point. Arizona has more of those types of players now to where they should be able to overwhelm NAU. And maybe Arizona holds them to 13 points. I think I have them beating them like 48-13 on Arizona Desert, on AZ Desert Swarm. Like, that would be a solid, comfortable, I don't want to say validating. I mean, I did write it would be validating that, hey, they are better in these areas because a bad Arizona defense doesn't give up just 13 points to NAU. So if they can do that, it would show that, hey, there is more talent on that side of the ball, at least, you know, at least an improvement from last season. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because Kai Milner is like, was a Arizona quarterback you know, in high school that was a borderline, you know, high three, almost low four-star quarterback that's going to be quarterbacking for NAU. Uh, so, you know, NAU's got some talent, but like you said, Arizona should be able to physically dominate the lines. If they're not doing that uh, like they were two years ago, uh, that was that was an early warning sign for that team being the disaster that it was. Um, but I just – I don't see that happening. I think the O-line is actually a strength. I think the D-line is – at, you know, at minimum, a competent one for mm-hmm. a power five, power five school, um, maybe even with some upside. Um, so, you know, I just, I, I the things I want to see are, are the dominance at the line. I want to see Jaden Delora not making mistakes. You know, let's not throw an interception on a screen. He shouldn't pass. have to make mistakes. He shouldn't be pressured into making mistakes. He shouldn't no. feel like he has to force a football. Yeah. And I want to, I want to, I want to see, I'm actually really curious to see how the secondary does, you know, against essentially a, you know, with a decent quarterback, what should be at least something of a competent passing game, um, you know, for NAU to see how they handle, you know, some of the guys that are getting new spots, some of the young corners getting, you know, new guys to the roster, seeing how they look. Uh, If if they're getting, if they're getting beat badly or blown coverages, that's a little bit concerning. Um, And, but, you know, Arizona should be able to win this game just handing the ball off the entire time and win handily, right? It, it mm-hmm. just would hold back on, on scoring. They should have been able to do that two years ago, but they didn't. Um, yeah, but, you know, you should be able to do a halfback, uh, you know, dive right between Raymond Polito and Jonah, Big Jonah, and get six yards a carry 
all night. You basically what you did against ASU at the end of last season, right? And this, yeah, like you should be, a, and, that, and that's what it comes down to. Like, it shouldn't be about scheme and game plan and all that. I mean, I, I know fish and them; they're going to sell the right things. It should be about just be you are better than them. You have more talent across the board at key positions. You're bigger, you're faster, you're stronger, and that shows itself in obvious ways, right? If the defense is getting pushed, if they're getting Milner, getting to him, knocking him down, sacking him, pressuring him all after you know all evening. That's a sign that, yeah, they have that type of ability defensively, at least at a level that's not something that NAU can handle. <laughs> you know? Like, that's like the next week against Mississippi State will tell us more about how good Arizona is, but they should look that way at least against NAU. Like, physically dominate them. Like, that, that's, yeah. what it, that's what it's supposed to be. And if Arizona has improved the way we think they have, like, offensively, they, they'll be fine. I'm not worried about that. Like, they're going to move the ball up and down the field, they're going to score points. But defensively, do they physically dominate the Lumberjacks? And if they do, it won't mean that Arizona's defense has arrived, but it will be a positive sign. And it's not just stopping like a bad offense, like incomplete passes or, you know, it's getting to the quarterback. It's getting push. It's doing things that aren't reliant on NAU making mistakes, but rather forcing them into mistakes. Yeah, and, and not and not having unforced errors on the offensive side. On sure, your, sure. You know, not, not fumbling the ball, not throwing away, you know, passes to you know, freshman linebackers for pick sixes. <laughs> like, don't give uh, them or, hope. Take it away. I mean, I know the game a couple of years ago, Arizona got the long bomb to Booby Curry, was up 13 nothing for a little while and had the ball, and then the pick six happened in the first half. Like, you don't give a team like that hope, especially when they've come into your building and beat you within, yeah, you know, and, this graduating I, class. You know, let's just assume that they come out and get two, up two scores real fast, Arizona does. Mm-hmm. I also want to see, are they – mature and have a killer instinct enough to be like no i don't just want to i want to i want to keep my foot on the gas gas. yeah keep it on there you know and like they should be i mean honestly if i was them my goal would be i want to have 40 points by i want to be up 40 points by halftime kind of thing yeah um you know make it a no doubter and then that that way you can rotate some guys in and still keep up some aggression you know get some of the depth guys rotated in that's that's my ideal scenario we will see. I think Arizona is capable of it. I don't think we know exactly what we're getting in NAU. I think we have ideas of what we're getting from U of A, at least on offense. On defense, it's still a little bit of a you know wild card. But my hope is that offensive line is the tone setter for the game and for the season. Right? Well, the lines, the offense and defensive lines, right? Yeah. Like if Arizona's better in the trenches, then they're going to be a better football team. So yeah, I got forty-eight thirteen on AZ Desert Storm. So that's a nice thing. I just have a prediction there, and I have to stick with it. It's like, you know, I'm tethered to it. That's it. I'm not going to give two predictions to two different places. But, Brett, what do you think happens? What's the score? Oh, man. I I, I don't – I like your score. I think NAU is going to put a few more points up on the board. So, I think they're going to – let's say they get to 17, uh, get, get a couple touchdowns, and I'm going to assume that they miss a, ki- a kick or two just because college kickers. But I think they'll move the ball at least a little bit into field goal range. And I'm going to go – you know, I'm going to go with a crazy number. Well, not that crazy of a number. It's only a little bit higher than yours. But I'm going to go with 51, 51 to 18 Arizona. So I'm going to say Arizona because I think they're going to get. I think they're going to get close to 40 in the first half, and then I think they're going to take the foot off quite a bit. Like I can but, get behind that. Like I, it is interesting. Arizona. I think the most points they've scored under Jed Fish was against Colorado last season, if I recall. And I think what they have in that game, it was like 43 or. They beat him, yeah, 43-20. I think 43 is the most a Jedfish team has put up for Arizona. Was Colorado any better than NAU last season? Hard to say. 
So, <laughs> well, but I, I, but it's I also I mean it's the first week, and you're gonna put a, you're gonna rotate guys in who want to show out. They want to play hard and they want to play mm-hmm. well. Like you can still score more points. Like Arizona's third string running back, four string receivers are still probably pretty dang good to where they could easily keep putting up some points in the you know, I say third and a half you know into the fourth quarter when Arizona's not exactly you know, pedal to the metal. Well, well and I think that part of the reason why I think that the scoring is going to be up. I think there's a good opportunity for explosive plays. I think Arizona's going to march down the field pretty mm-hmm. regularly. And then I think there's this, you know, this is a good game where Arizona needs to dominate and finish drives in the red zone. A lot and to prove, though. Should, and I think they should be able to. And if, but if you convert a lot of field goals into touchdowns, you know, that that high score from last year in Colorado ain't going to be it for very long, right? Because yeah. Arizona was a top 10 offense between the 20s and then, you know, <laughs> fell off the map in the red zone a little bit. Uh, but I just I don't I don't see them not finishing drives here very effectively. Plus, I think the defense is going to force a lot more three and outs. Than shorter fields for the them. offense and I, and and shorter possessions for the other team. Maybe right? yeah, maybe a turnover here or there, and that you know, maybe a pick exactly. six or something that like the defense makes a play that gives either points or puts the offense in a great position. So yeah, hopefully it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah hopefully it's a normal arizona nau game where arizona is clearly the better team but we'll see that is a late kickoff or no it's a seven o'clock kickoff right not that late not by pac-12 standards it's a seven o'clock kickoff i don't be on pac-12 network arizona stadium the wildcats versus the lumberjacks season opener should be a fun season a lot of intrigue a lot of excitement and looking forward to getting it going it'll be you know really looking forward to this season yeah, and I'm so frustrated. Uh, the Twitter handle is going to be a little quiet for the first hour because I'm going to be on a plane flying back, most likely. You know, planes have I'll... Wi-Fi. Do they though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ostensibly they do. But Fair. Do they effectively. Fair. Well, we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about in the coming weeks because, like we said, it's going to be a busy season, a fun season. We'll try to have guests for. I mean, we actually know who our guest is going to be next week for the Mississippi State game. One of our favorites. You know, Stefan oh, yeah. Stefan Like we had him on last year. Great guy, great guest. We'll have to bring him back on to talk about Mississippi State and the changes they've had. But, of course, first off, it's NAU. And thanks again to Dave Zorn for sharing his insight into what the Lumberjacks are bringing to Tucson Saturday night. And thanks again, everyone, for listening, of course. You can find us on the social medias, at Wildcat Radio AZ. That is our Twitter slash X handle. I think a lot of people are still call it Twitter, and that's totally cool. Um, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on both platforms. But if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review, and we will read that review on the air. Hopefully it's a good one, but you know, if it's a bad one, we'll still read that because we accept critiques, criticism, as well as we do praise. But yeah, that'll do it. We'll catch you all next week. And until then, remember to bear down. Bear down. You better beat NAU.